0: Hey guys, my name is Alex and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Just before we get started, thank you so much to everybody who listened to our last episode, which was less about interspecies reviewers of the show, which by the way is still trash, but in the fourth episode, they have an on fire lady just as like in the background of an establishing shot for no reason, and that gives me a kind of joy. That, frankly, I should be ashamed of, but I'm not. But if you listen to that episode, thank you for listening. Um, Special thanks to Slate for, like, agreeing to do it the week of the controversy, so to speak. Um, Because if we had done it this week, it kind of would have been... It, the, the fervor would have passed us by, so to speak. So I wanted that to be kind of timely because it is the first time... That if you didn't listen to the episode, you should definitely go listen to it. But it is the first time that a anime streaming service has straight up dropped a show. Have <laughs> been like, nope! Uh-uh! Too far! Um, And you can go see a bunch of videos on YouTube of how people feel about this. I think me and Slate did a really good job of like level headedly going through all of the <laughs> possibilities, um some of which were proven right by um a new a a new anime centric channel called Fan vs Pro, which is run by Flip Otaku and um Jason Jason Schreier, I think the last name is. But anyway, Jason. Um, his his Twitter handle is World of Crap. But um, Flippo Ota- the guy the guy Flippo Taku is the fan in that scenario. And J- Justin Justin is his name. Justin is uh is an industry professional in anime. He. Masters, he does, he masters and he does all of the, um, like the menus and stuff for many, 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 many of the DVDs and Blu rays that you buy for your own personal collection. Um, it is, if you have something from Sentai Filmworks, you probably have something that he's worked on. Even if you don't, you probably have something that he's worked on. He is like a madman for doing all of this stuff because there have been horror shows of him getting boxes of like real of like film reel and videotapes and beta cassettes and nightmares. And he puts it all, he like gets it all from all that bullshit onto a disc that you can buy and like you can buy off of right stuff or you can buy on the internet or in a real store um, so he really knows what he's talking about. And they did probably the most concise, like, breakdown of the way licensing works and the way that this could have happened. And if you've heard a rumor about it happening as, like, they didn't know what they were getting into, that's kind of it. But I would definitely say look up Fan versus Pro. ...on YouTube and watch their, um, video about specifically Funimation... ...and they go into it there. But that's not what we're talking about this, um, this episode. What we're talking about, actually, is a show that premiered last season, I believe. I think it was last season, um, that I'm talking about now... ...because I finally got all the way through it, um, because I've, I've been moving... Um, by if anything you hear after the 27th of this month will be from my new studio that I'm calling the perch, um, but I've been like putting my life in boxes and sharing it to another town and nonsense, um, up a town up on a mountain, <laughs> um, but I so I have had less brain space. For like, focusing on something and watching it than I usually do. Um, I've still been keeping up with stuff or trying to keep up with stuff, but a lot of times I mostly, like, want to mindlessly shoot shit in Overwatch or shoot other players in Overwatch. What I mean by that is set up a turret at Torbjorn and, like, hide in the corner in Overwatch. (laughs) Um, but that said, One thing I didn't make sure to make it through because I want to talk about it here was the show that was the kind of sleeper success called No Guns Life.
1: the Smile, can't baby, you'll Okay, swear she even melody what 指地
0: For those of you who have come to this podcast through my, like, yearly panels at Liberty, City Anime Con- at Liberty City Anime Con, I... You know that I do... You probably know that I do one panel, definitely, if you're listening to this, and you are, like, listening to it against your better judgment at this point, because it's nothing like my Mommy and Daddy Hates You panel... That's by design. I've trapped you. Hello. Um, but if you're listening to this because you went to either my Welcome to Your Cyberpunk Future panel or my, um, Full Metal and Beyond, which it's just... I don't know why it feels unfortunately named. Thank you, fucking Vic Mignogna. But it does. Um... I'm not changing it, because it puts butts in seats, and I'm into it. <laughs> but, um, why well, I am changing the panel, not the name, though. Um, but, you know that, generally speaking, I am a person who is multi-racial and disabled. And my, kind of, love of cyberpunk comes from the the opportunity that the cyberpunk like concept offered to people with bodies that are not whole um and that's really where i where my interest in um no gun's life comes comes from initially and now i would now and oftentimes in cyberpunk the like Subject of bodies is there, but it doesn't really, but it branches way out. And, um, and, and it wants to talk about all kinds of different things. It wants to talk about all kinds of different goals and, like, ways that humans could go once technology has advanced past a certain point. Um, case in point, uh, what's it called? Ghost in the Shell is a... Is, it, it, bodies are, like, the first topic... And then they, like, escalate from there... In Ghost in the Shell, especially... Especially Standalone Complex. Um, The first Ghost, the Ghost in the Shell movie, the original, from 1989... You could argue is primarily concerned with bodies... And what it means to have a body and how important that is in terms of your personhood, and blah, 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 blah. But, it also quietly deals in, like, world government affairs, like, world-nation relations, and all this other stuff. Um, but, No Guns Life is different, because what it's primarily interested in, it's, like, almost sole focus is on... Bodies and how, like a cyberpunk dystopia, could warp that, and specifically warp the ownership of your body. And i I get into this, I get into this more in my um, Full Metal Alchemist and Beyond exploration of disability in anime panel than I do in the cyberpunk panel. Because in the cyberpunk panel, I want to look at like how the world, how society could change as a result of cyberpunk, in um, my disability panel, and I make a big point of pointing this out in both panels, I want to look at what it means for a disabled person to be able to whole, whole hog swap their body parts out. Um, a good goofy example of this is, there used to be a um, cartoon on um, Comedy Central, in that like brie- in that brief period of the 2000s when Comedy Central was weirdly interested in making really fucked up cartoons that were fabulous, there was a, um... I think it ran for, like, three or four, maybe even five seasons. Maybe only two, though. There was this show called Ugly- The Ugly American. Ugly Americans. And it was this idea of New York City as a melting pot, but not just a melting pot for, like, all the different Cultures of the world, but also all the different like fantasy fucked up creatures of the world. So like the main character Mark is just this like milquetoast white guy social worker, or or mil milquetoast white guy who works for the social social worker who works for the city. Um, but his girlfriend is a literal like demon lady <laughs> and then his fucking and this is the best Randall is the best his roommate in his apartment is a, a guy named Randall and Randall is a zombie and they have this great stupid thing where I his finger falls off like his pointer finger and it gets like absconded with by a crow <laughs> or no I think like a pigeon takes it or something And so, like, there's no getting that back. And I think he even's like, if it was my pinky, I wouldn't care, but it's my pointer finger. I kind of need that. So, they go down to a store and he buys a new finger. (laughs) Um, but, and that's a really dumb, stupid, like, that episode is stupid. But the thing's interesting about it is it's a core concept in... What's supposed to be possible in cyber... In, like, with your body in cyberpunk. And that is... And it's demonstrated in Ghost in a Shell. Um, Standalone Complex. Um, spoiler alert for a specific... I think it's episode 19? Is season 2 in Standalone Complex? Don't quote me on that. It's the episode which you finds the... Which you finds the nostalgic... Um... I don't... Antique shop, I want to say? I don't want to say pawn shop. Pawn shop sounds wrong. But, anyway, so, she finds this pawn shop, this, like, antique dealer, and she finds these two young children, child prosthetic bodies. And through the, like, through the storytelling of the episode, I think it's only one episode, too, you get... A version of Motoko's backstory, and that version of Matoko's backstory is that her parents died in a plane crash, and she was rescued from her mother's womb, and but because she couldn't like live outside of the womb for very long, she was one of the first full like fully prosthet- prosthetized. Not prosthetized. She was one of the first full prosthetic people. And she... It, like, connects to story things. But it... It is a great implementation of... What if your body was too fucked up to use? And you got stuck in a robot body. Or you got stuck in something and blah, 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 blah. Later in... Nonsense. Late, later in um uh earlier, actually earlier in the first like third to last episode, I think of the first season of Standalone Complex, um they have this offhanded conversation like we can't quit our jobs. They have us by they have us by the short hairs because we can't afford maintenance on these bodies. Like we can't afford maintenance on these high performance. ...top-of-the-line prosthetic bodies. As long as we work for the government... not only do we get paid... ...an exorbitant amount... ...but we... ...get free maintenance... ...on our, like... ...super fucking expensive bodies. And you find out... ...later in Goats in the Shell... ...that that's a pretty common thing... ...for... ...military personnel to do... ...at least in Japan... ...probably all over the world... ...but especially in Japan if they join a government agency afterwards because their bodies need, like, very specific and very specialized upkeep. Like, Bato's weird... um... lenticular vision, telephoto lens eyes don't just, like... They deteriorate, like, they break down and deteriorate over time, just like any, like, um... man-made... Technology, Like, I had to buy a new stylus because I've used my stylus one too many times, and it's, like, a little fucked up now. Um, I bought a new one. I love it. But, um... <laughs> anyway, so... It has that conversation, like, in addition to all the other conversations it's having. But... No Guns Life has... Of spe- ha- want to have a specific conversation about bodies and about what prost what what prosthetic bodies and mean in a world where they don't necessarily need upkeep s- such high end upkeep, but they do they do separate people from they do sep- they do separate once you're have a prosthetic body, like, um, in, uh, what's-his-face, um, in Juzo's case, the main character, what that means going forward, because in, in Ghost in the Shell, they have, in go. so, I'm gonna have to do a timeline thing here. So, let's say No Guns Life is the, like, not first round of prosthetization, maybe, like, fifth round of prosthetization. And probably, like, some in a location somewhere like, um, not America, but not not America kind of thing. Um, let's say Ghost in the Shell is definitely set in Japan, and it's set all the way in, like... It's set, like, ten years into full, elegant prosthetization. It, and the timeline's probably Branch, and, you know, Ghost in the Shell is on its own branch, and um, No Gun Life it's on a different branch, because they're both very clearly very far into it, but, like, the first, like, um, the first... Prostheticized people were probably in the same time range, kind of thing. And the reason why I say that is because in Ghost in the Shell, oftentimes people who have prosthetic bodies aren't just using them for military use. That is a possibility, but you know, people have cyber brains for you know work and life and just general shit. They have those implants. Because they allow them to... The, in Ghost in the Shell... Those implants allow them to interface... With... Not just reality... But what we have now... Like here now... As a general... Like... Second layer of reality... That is Ghost in a Shell's like, version of the internet... And when I say we have that now... I mean... We all have conversation. If you're listening to a podcast... You most likely also have a Twitter account. You also have an Instagram account, a Facebook account that's ten years that like, ten years past its prime now. Uh, you know you have all these different accounts, and I know from my own life that I, I don't have Slate's number. I have his Instagram handle. I don't have. You know, Alan's number, I have his Instagram handle. I have Danny's number because I'm literally related to him, um, and we have like conversations about Christmas sometimes, but there's almost two layers of reality in Ghosts in the Shell, and one of them it there's two layers of reality definitely in Ghosts in the Shell. one of them is on on the net. the other one is what's happening in real life um that's true of of, like, actual reality, of our, of the real world. We have what's going on in real life, and then what's going on on, for lack of a better term, Twitter. Um, no Guns Life re- isn't really concerned with that, at least not in the first season. What it's concerned with is... The idea that, instead of, um, process, like, the pro the process of being, um, prostheticized, going, like, very corporate, and very clean, and very, like, for-profit. So, let me put it this way. Instead of, let me use car companies, because that's the easiest fucking way. Instead of, your prosthetic body being made by Honda, it's made by Hummer. Instead of your prosthetic body being made just to live, many prosthetic bodies in... Many to... Many... All prosthetic bodies in No Guns Life are the result of somebody doing something for a purpose, not for lifestyle. And what I mean by that is in Ghost in a Shell Standalone Complex, the Solid State Society movie, Tokus' wife has a prosthetic has a prosthetic brain because that's what you do and that's how you take fucking phone calls. In um what's it called? In No Gun's Life, Juzo has a gun for a head because at some point he was in the military and he was what was called a gun slave unit. Which means that his choice um, of being that way was... You don't know if it was made for him yet, but he may have made that choice, but it was for a you know logical work-like purpose. And he became a he basically became a tool to make money. It would be the equivalent of me getting a computer put in my head and a printer, sl- and like a printer slot in my chest, so like I could like do things in my head and print them out for clients to see as a graphic designer. Um, and all throughout No Gun's life, you meet characters who are who are either forced or by choice. Uh, who either um makes a choice or or are forced to have their bodies prostheticized to some extent so that they can use so that they can be more useful to someone, whether it's themselves or whether it's someone else um and in no guns' life, there are completely organic human characters. And because all because there are so many characters that have really clearly noticeable prosthetics, which is a which is another which is another departure from ghost from like the ghost in the shell idea, very clean-lined, very kind of quiet technology everywhere. Um. No Guns Life isn't interested in hiding in hiding all of the tech. It isn't interested in saying, okay, this lady has prosthetics, but she looks human, has all the human functions, and is normal. In um, No Guns Life, the characters who have prosthetics are, like, stand out from the crowd. They are not... They are still human, but they don't look human. They look. So, I'm going to make a reference to a video game now that you've heard me make a reference before. to before. um, Damon X Machina, that, like, I'm not sure how successful it is, mech game on Nintendo Switch that is actually coming to Steam. Which I hope this crossplays because that game could use some new life. Um, but in that game, you modify your pilot's abilities and your mech's like baseline abilities by modifying the pilot's body, and to a point, you can stay kind of human-looking. But past a certain point, you start to look like this, like machined created, like, almost, like, miniature version of your own robot. Like, I think my guy has, like, those spindle, um, runner, like, amputee runner's legs, and he's got, like, a big-ass shoulder because he's got a power punch. And that's that's the route that they're taking with prosthetics and prosthetization in No Guns Life. They're not taking, like, the subtle we just built this body that's a human body, but it now weighs, like, two tons. (laughs) Um, so... What that means is, mostly, the human characters stand out. Like, um... Juzo's, like, friend and mechanic, I forget her name, um, she notably doesn't have any prosthetics at all. She doesn't have any, um modification to her body. And then but then also there are people with minimal modification to their body and that's um that's demonstrated by like little like the chief inspector of the of the like government like police organization has almost like two cu- full cup headphones with like lines in them and that you never see her take off because those are her ears now; those are her version of prosthetics. The kind of um ext- extremeness of someone like Juzo isn't com isn't common. It's not it's not like it's, people don't see it, but they they make a point in showing you at the in the first episode when Juzo um shows up because what Juzo's job is, is that he resolves he he's what they call Resolver, which is a stupid play on Revolver, um, because this, this, this show likes to be clever, <laughs> even when it's not good at it. But, um, basically, Juzo's job is, and this is all couched in a very, like, detective noir way, like, he wears the detective, long brown detective jacket with, like, the black pants and the black shirt with the frayed collar. Like, he... it. Got a very art. It's got a very, um, uh, what's it called? Noir, like detective noir, 1950s. Um, Dick Tracy kind of feel to, to it, through him as a character. His job is to resolve disputes between normal people and what they call extended. And the reason why they call them extended is because they get the these prosthetic enhancements that extend, that they call extensions, that extend their abilities. So, whereas in Ghost in the Shell, the use of prosthetics is clearly for the purpose of, like, survival in some cases or, like, enhancement in other cases, the use of extensions in... Uh, the use of the equivalent in No Guns Life is to extend someone's usefulness. And when I say usefulness, in a really utilitarian sense, that's really what I mean, because every extended you meet in this show is... has has that part of them, so... For some sort of use, whether it be Juzo, like, former military status, and hence he has a gun and a, as a head, and he has, like, um... He has, uh... He has the round spinning clip of, like, a revolver in both of... In, I think in both of... No, I think in one of his wrists, that he can, like, spin... And it like adds force to a to a punch um or whether it be the kid who's like part of the first arc of the show part of really most of the first season first arc of the show who actually just the first arc of the show not the first season like the first like five episodes or something um who has been taken against his will and has a kind of wireless control system for other extended um what they call sub brain which is like so Ghost and Shell did something really good for the like full body replacement kind of thing. They introduced danger into that. And it did that in goes in standalone complex by basically saying by basically proving my rule of like fancy text that can go in your body, which is you don't wanna do that stuff for the first five for the first five hundred thousand people. And the reason why that is is because the first five hundred thousand people who like completely prostheticize their own bodies, including their brains Die in some really fucked up ways. Like, if you need a prosthetic arm, that's one thing. But if you need, like, a prosthetic whole being, like... In in Ghost in the Shell, they said that basically, the first, like, 100,000 of them, their brains turned to stone. Like, basically solidified in their skulls and they died. So... <laughs> That is kind of like proven out in um, in No Gun's life because they have something what's called a sub brain, and the reason why they do that is because over I'm sure lots of fuck ups they've discovered that um, humans can't con- can't control extensions the the so, like prosthetics, mean, also known as extensions in this show, without their brain being overloaded because, you know, how do you process that your head is now a gun with like a ponytail that is a trigger and like your face can explode outwards and kill people like your brain can't like we you can ex- understand that as a concept but like that is like an like, operating mechanic for you as a person is your brain doesn't have enough space for that. Um, (laughs) so to speak. So they invent what's called a subbrain, which is a little computer that goes in at the, like, the base of the skull that allows you... that handles... that offloads all of the processing so that you can so that you can still move your body um and i forget the kid's name but um this kid has a wireless control mechanism that can control extended through their subbrain but he is was kidnapped from it he was kidnapped and that was done to him against his will and the people were doing that who did that to him? are what's called the... It's a German name. It's called the Berhen, I think, Corporation. And they are this big military-industrial company that you're led to believe, you know, built people like... Built people... Turned people like Juzo into weapons during the war and did all this, like, human experimentation and really fucked-up shit. But also, they in, like, the post-war era of this show, they keep people's bodies running for them, free of charge. They keep... They do maintenance. They do, like, quarter... They, like, they like, okay, coming in for quarterly maintenance, we'll only charge you if it's something really extreme, and we've never charged that much. They basically, man- they basically make it so extended can continue to live, and they also help handle, like, licenses, because... If you think about it, once you've turned I- your head into a gun, you can't put down the gun if the cops ask. Like, you can't just be like, hold on, officer. <coughs> Boom, head on the floor. I, it's, You can't do it. So, they have a licensing system for, like, yeah, this guy's had the gun. The government knows. It's fine. Just leave him alone. <laughs> and it also provides, like, it also helps companies provide prescription cigarettes that, like, ease pain. If that sounds familiar, it's because even I, a good millennial, have a jewel that is constantly loaded with, oh, shit, I think I'm low, Um, a CBD thing that lets me, that helps me deal with stress. And what that ends up, So, that all sets up this, like, story about people and what they have had done to their bodies, or what they do to their own bodies, in the name of some kind of, like, cause or usefulness. Um, a good example, two good examples of that in the show are, um, he's just, like, there's this, like, blonde character that you, who's an immigrant who you meet at the tail end of the show, who is... who ultimately dies. Spoiler alert. But, um... you see that he got special extended legs that let him, like, run faster, jump higher, like, just do more than than other people so that he can work, so he can take on more complicated jobs as a freelancer to work to provide for his family. Um... And actually, the mechanic's name is Mary. But you see people like Juzo, who, although he had no memory of it, were in the ar- were clearly in the army at some point. Um, you see characters like uh, I wish I knew the mob boss's name. But you also see characters like the mob boss in who's still up. I think like episode s- fucking six or something. And he's this like scary motherfucker. And it's very clear that like where some people went to get extensions to be more useful and they just look how they look, he went to get extensions to like look like a fucking badass and he's just like, I'm fucking scary as shit, do not cross me. Um, and to which user's response is like, Where are my eyes? My head is a gun. Fuck you Which is, that's a really great scene. But they So, this show is all about, you know, what does it look like when people's bodies stop being so human? When people's bodies start being something they can totally control, not just through things like piercings and um, tattoos and stuff like that. What happens when body modders really get their hands on, like, things more... On more things like, um, a couple years ago, a year ago before the Apple Watch, when the iPod Nano was still out, when the iPod Nano with the screen came out, and you can make it a clock. What people did, what body monitor did, was they bought these little flat magnets, and they would like have them surgically in place, just under the skin on their wrist. Um, and they would just like the Apple Watch is. They would attach it on their wrist like it was a watch. And I mean, like, that's on one level that sounds super extreme and pointless. But on the other level, there are that starts to be in the direction of like one day I will be able to get a replacement to my left for my left arm that works just as well as my right arm. Um, You see this already. I forget what they're called. I think they're called the Terminator, like, series of prosthetics. And the Terminator series of prosthetics are, like, modeled after the Terminator, of course. But they are meant to use... Are meant to be more complex prosthetics that act more like a real hand rather than a wooden one, if that makes any sense. Um, Things like, you know, the... Like spring, the spring plate, um, the spring plate prosthetics that you see in movies like the first Kingsman, only without the knives. Um, things like uh, things. So let me put it this way: Ethan Hawking was never able was rapidly never would not rapidly got to the point where he was never able to speak again. And he he had to have special software... They had to develop special software... where it would track his rapid eye movement... in order to allow him to speak. That's where you get the... My name is Ethan Hawking. And, fun fact, he's British, not American. Um, that's... But... If that process... got smaller... And could go in his head. That would be a big win. But the problem is... Is that... And the, the thing that Ghost in the Shell... Kind of... Knowingly... Let's sit... But a show like... Um... What's it... Like... No Guns Life... Says out loud... Like you're a moron... Is... As soon as that happens someone will figure out a way to allow someone else to use their brainwaves to hack a computer. Just because that's the way the world goes. I mean, look at, um... Look at just about friggin' anything. Honestly. You know, but most of technology goes across, goes through three funnels before it gets to you as a person. Lots of it goes through the military, to medical, to, like, high-end medical, to the everyday use. To give you a perfect example, my first brain surgery, I'm a brain cancer, I'm a two-time childhood brain cancer survivor. My first surgery, my first handful of surgeries, actually, were done by hand, very carefully, with, like, scalpel and all that jazz. My last brain surgery was done with robots, with robot arms and lasers. Now, what that means is over time, technology progressed to such a point where, like, you didn't need to do something as imprecise as, you know, the human hands. Now, the human is still always a factor in that, but technology ramped up to... the point where... robots and lasers were possible... were able... to operate on my brain. But... if they developed a laser... the first thing they're not gonna... they're gonna do... will not likely be... <laughs> use it... to cut a... Br- to cut a, to... do corrections... in the last surgery... of a two-time brain-can survivor child on the East Coast. What they probably did first was cut through something big and hard. And talk about all the military applications for that thing. And the reason why that largely happens is because of funding, because the military has enough money to that it doesn't need, where it can just throw it at things that it thinks might protect itself-slash-us-slash-the-military-industrial-complex-of-the-world-whatever. But... Shows like Ghost in the Shell use the military-industrial-complex, like, going to its logical conclusion, as a setting for a police-crime procedural. Shows like No Guns Life use it as a a backdrop for a very focused story on what the casualties of that will be. the like, what it means when the primary provider of um, extensions, some of which are, uh, many of which are medically unnecessary, but, like, basically are done so they can get a job, but some of which are medically necessary. They're not all, like, these weird weaponized nightmare things. Some of them are, certainly, but not all of them. Um, the same character who is, like, the starting point of the show, the kid with Harmony, um, the way that Burhan keeps him captive, is they cut his Achilles tendons and they fuck up his nerves in his legs and his arms so he can't get away. In his legs, so he can't get away. And the first thing they do after Juzo Juzo and Mary kind of not kind of rescue him is they give him leg extensions so he can, like, walk around on his own, he, what they do in the interim of giving him like a functional voice box somewhere is they use a head extension that he like carries around in a man purse that has a speaker in it so he can talk to people. Um, but that, so that's a version of it being necessary, but oftentimes in this show, it, it, the only thing that extensions are necessary for is to make a is to get by. Like you don't get extensions because you want to like you you don't get you don't get extensions because you want to like be a stock trader. You get extensions because you want to you know, jump up to the third floor of a construction site and like carry like like drop down from the from a high building grab from a high construction site building, grab like an I-beam, and jump back up. And that's your job all day long, is doing that over and over and over again, and you get a not-worth-it paycheck, and you go home, and you barely afford rent. That's the kind of... That's the kind of environment this is. And actually, that's the kind of environment that ghost in the shell is if you pay a whole lot of attention. Because in I forget I, I forget the episode numbers of these episodes and the title because I suck. But there's a I'm gonna talk about two episodes here. There's one episode where Motoko is like on it's like a filler episode ish. She's on a assignment to like find out about a drug ring, and she meets this kid, and this kid is, like, this ruffian kid who's, like, oh, yeah, who knows all about it, knows everything, because it's his job to help sell these toys made out of cocaine. Made out of, like, robot cocaine or some bullshit. And then, in a a totally different episode, they have this, like, job, they have this, like, that's part of a the overarching part of an episode of, like, a um, plot that they're dealing with, there's a cleanup, there's an underground cleanup job that has to do with nuclear waste, and you can only participate in it if you have, I think, over 50% prosthetics, because anything below that threshold means that you'll get cancer and die (laughs) on the job. So, that's that kind of stuff is really what No Guns Life is interested in. It's interested in what it means it, when prosthetics show up and people need them to like work and make a living, but they don't necessarily need them to be part of civil society. Um, Ghost in the Shell suggests that prosthetics are so widespread that just about everybody has some form of them. Um, Even if, even if you're, like, basically 100% human, you still have a little chip in your brain that lets you connect to the Wi-Fi or something. Um, and just as... As someone who gets up, you know... Starts his day, but the first thing he has to do before he goes outside at all times, unless I'm at the beach and then I have to be super fucking careful, is I put on a leg brace, because without that leg brace, I get to sprain my ankle, like, faster than you can fucking imagine. Like, if you've ever met me in real life and you've, like, seen me walk around just fine, that's only because I'm wearing a brace that's, like, super hard medical plastic made custom simply so I can walk around with the rest of the world and that that is an f- example of technology helping me live i'm always interested in so as a result i'm always interested in not definitely cyberpunk but extreme but i'm extremely interested in cyberpunks that want to talk about what bodies mean and what ownership of bodies mean, and like what that looks like and what that could look like and that i mean i've I think I've ranted enough about this show and why I like it i don't I don't think it's a great show I think it's a okay show with really great ideas. And a lot of potential. It's got, a second ep- it's got a second season coming out... Which means that it did the numbers it needed to do... Which is... Honestly... Honestly, it's not hard... For a cyberpunk show... To do good numbers... It has to be like... It has to be like Dimension W weird... For it to not do good enough numbers... For it at least to be... Like... Worth another season... And even Dimension W is interesting. Like, Dimension W had some cool ideas. Dimension W had some ideas that apply currently to vaping culture, actually. But, um... The... the, So, like, I don't think that... Do do I... What I, like, say, go out of your way to watch um... What's it called to watch No Gun's Life? No, not necessarily. Maybe if you're like a di- if you if you're a die-hard cyberpunk fan, definitely go watch the show. But if you're just like, it, 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 would I pay the extra money for Funimation or a, or for Funimation to go watch it? No, but if you've got Funimation and you are interested in cyberpunk stuff, definitely go look, give it a watch because it's dubbed there. It's subtitled on Amazon Prime because it's, a, it, it's a, I believe it's a Noitamina show, but it's not. It's not the end of. The, it's not the end of the world if you miss this. I actually think the manga is. Phenomenal. I've only read the first volume, but it's a. I think it's a phenomenal manga. But so if you you can check that out probably more easily than you can watch the show if you don't pay for Amazon Prime Video or um, Funimation. But if you have the opportunity, definitely check it out. I think it's really interesting, even if it's not the best, most balanced, most even show all the time. I think it's really interesting. So, um, from there, I've been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. Um, until... I hope you liked the show. If you did, you can go subscribe to it on your podcast, Emporium of Choice. Um, I, I would appreciate it if you gave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes, however. It helps the show and i i hope i've earned it <laughs> um but until next time i will talk to you later okay
1: See my Regamo mai my